Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves and won. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is De Niro Bartolini. From, he's actually from Rome, Italy today, but he's originally from Canada. So this is exciting. We get to talk, some, talk to him from Italy. He is the founder of The Remote CEO. Denario is a true remote CEO, podcast host, coach, and social media personality. He has been running an extremely successful digital marketing agency between North America and Europe for several years. He achieved this by building a fully remote team that can work around the clock and produce incredible results for him and his clients. Denario's coaching journey started in Toronto, Canada, where he, where he mentored and consulted hundreds of small business owners on leveraging the internet to scale their business and expand their reach. De Niro has been a coach for countless for-profit and non-profit organizations, including programs funded by the government of Ontario and the government of Canada. Following his successes with his agency, in-person coaching and personal brand, De Niro has started offering online coaching services and founded the Remote CEO Academy. The Academy is the fastest path for growing from a solopreneur to CEO of remote of an remote empire. The Academy focuses on six key pillars, including goal setting, team building, sales, PR, and more. The Remote CEO Academy and the podcast, The Remote CEO Show, have helped numerous entrepreneurs scale their businesses and survive the COVID economic crisis by building remote teams and pivoting to a fully online business model. Over the years, De Niro has been consistently featured in publications such as Forbes and Adweek for his e-commerce experience and Yahoo Finance and NBC, among others, for his coaching. Thrive Global and Authority Magazine described De Niro as a social media star who's using his platform to make a significant social impact. De Niro's vision can be summed up with a with the following statement, long gone are the days when you had to be tied to an address to have a successful company. Now you can scale business and create numerous streams of income from anywhere in the world. You can run morning meetings with your team members joining from multiple continents. You no longer have to choose between being a CEO and a digital nomad. You can actually have it all. You can be a remote CEO. And lastly, and we're gonna talk about this throughout the podcast, De Niro is launching a new book called, it's called, excuse me, it's called Smarter Business, Better You. Well, I could go on and on, but I got to stop here. De Niro, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rich. I'm very excited to be on the show today. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I got a chance to be on your podcast and you're a very exciting guy to be following and getting to know. So our listeners are going to have a great time hearing what you have to say. What we like to do and start out, <clears throat> excuse me, is we like to hear your story. How, you know, how, how did you start out? You know, was it voluntary? Were you, were you pushed out into the market? You know, what was the thought process that you decided to go all in and bet on yourself? Well, there's different uh, stages in life, actually, that I, I can recall that really made a big impact. The first one was I watched a movie called Lords of Dogtown. Um, it's back in the day. I was probably a teenager back then. 
And there was a scene when the main character gets his first contract and there is, it's not an, he was not an entrepreneur. He was just, uh, again, it was basically learning how to skate. And he went to his friend and he said, do you realize that from now on we'll be on vacation for the rest of our lives? And that really struck me because I thought up to that point that in order for me to make a living, I had to take, you know, go the usual path, nine to five, work for someone. And then there is this guy, you know, it, it was, of course, glamorized, but I already felt that inside. I was like, I'm going to try and do that. I want to be on vacation for the rest of my life. I want to work. I want to be good at what I do, but I want to feel like I'm on vacation. So it was the very first thing. And so that is when I really started thinking, okay, I probably got to start with a corporate job after my degree and whatnot. I went to school, I got my degrees and I started school, uh, I started work. But as soon as I started work, my one you know, obsession was let me figure out how I can make a second source of income and scale it to the point when it can replace my nine to five and then I'm going to quit. And so, of course, you know, I started, I was like 25 years old um, in, in, in a couple of experiments here and there. I started selling Pop-Tarts on Amazon, found out that that was not, you know, <laughs> uh, the best way of making money. Then I tried with another product that failed. But then at a certain point, I introduced one more product to the Amazon market and literally overnight, um, I must have done something right that back then I didn't even know what it was, but I started selling about 500 bucks a day. Take home was 250. And it was funny that I was literally sitting at my inside sales job in Toronto, Canada, and making a certain amount of money and then refreshing the Amazon screen. And I had made double the money that morning through Amazon than I had at my full time job, including commission. And so that was the time that I realized I said, you know what? There's something to this. I remember all my friends, again, it, this is a kind of a boiler room style, big room, a yeah. bunch of people cold calling. They all came around me and they were like, what did you do? How did you make it happen? And for the next three to four months, all I did was talk to colleagues, to friends and try to help them become successful because then I knew that if I was going to teach this to other people, I was going to even learn that better myself. And sure enough, Within a few months, by the way, after a few months, I had to quit that job because I was like, oh yeah, there's no way they were going to keep me around anyway. So <laughs> I was done already. And, and then it went that way. And then from Amazon, I also realized that uh, I was able to replicate that type of success for other businesses, not only on Amazon, but also on Shopify. And so that is when I decided, hey, let me see if I can open a digital marketing agency in the e-commerce space and get a percentage of the sales instead of charging a monthly retainer yeah. and little that you know everybody likes to work with you if you're not charging them a front <laughs> and so within a few months i had clients on clients some of them did not work out they were too small and so i wasted time and money on them some right. of them though you know they were very good companies that were ready to scale and so i took some stores to the hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales a month and i used to take 10 percent of whatever was attributed to their ads. And so now I have this replicable system that works for my products on Amazon and on other platforms. It works for my clients' products. And so I was like, I now don't even want to do the work anymore because at that point I was setting up Facebook pixels, running ads, doing split tests and all that stuff. And so I said, what is the next logical step 
I want to lower the commitment when it comes to fulfillment. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to do the done for you system anymore. I want to teach people how to get their own fish. And so that is when I started my podcast and that took me to, to the coaching programs. And right now my businesses um, still have some clients which were grandfathered in from my digital marketing agency. Uh, but right now we focus on creating systems for, for our clients, which means if you're looking to build a remote sales team or a remote PR agency or a remote PR team for yourself, instead of having to go and look for an agency, we do all the work for you. We, we, we hire people, we train them, we take a one-time fee, and then we let you do your own magic. And so this is where I'm right now. And uh, tell me, uh, we were kind of joking before we got on the uh, start of the program here. Here, you use the term digital nomad. Yeah, I just, I just want to shift here. Tell the yeah. tell the tell the listeners about this. To me, it's new. Maybe some of our listeners they've already heard it before. But tell us this digital nomad uh, approach to life. Absolutely. So here's the thing: we got family in Europe. Uh, of course, in Italy, we have some family. Uh, we have some family in, in England. We have family in Europe, basically, between my wife and I. And then we also have our families, of course, in Canada. And so when I created my business, you know, if you guys know anything about Canada, it gets pretty cold between the months of October and, and March or even April sometimes. Sometimes even May, but let's not even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we were there and my wife and I were sitting at our desks at home. I had already quit my full-time job, so I was fully remote myself, but still working in Toronto. And we're sitting at our very comfortable apartment in, in Toronto, a nice big condo. But we realized for the, for the past two weeks, we did not leave our place because we had a grocery store literally inside our building. We had our gym inside the building, spa inside the building, and I was working from home. And literally for two weeks, I had not seen the outside world. And so that's when I looked at my wife. My wife also, she, uh, she's a professional, not professional, but she's like a, she, she rose. She, she's um, uh, a Canadian champion several times, Canadian champion of rowing. So she likes wow. to be on the water. She likes to be outdoor. And, and she, she told me, she looked at me, she's like, I can't do this anymore. I can't just sit at home, do, you know, work full time at home and then not go out and not row and not do anything. And so we thought, wait a minute, why are we even here? And so that is when we kind of looked up online different opportunities and we came across this whole idea of a digital nomad, which in, 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 you know, in a nutshell, all it means is that you take your job, your digital job anywhere in the world. And so there's different ways that you can approach it. There is uh, either people that literally go into resorts uh, in countries where living in a resort is not prohibitive. Mm -hmm. So maybe they'll spend those two, three grand a month, all inclusive. They have all their foods, they have everything. And there is big communities in Bali, uh, big communities in um, Thailand. So north of Thailand, especially. Uh, now, even in places like, um, um, anyway, like in Asia, there's quite a few um, in Italy, not as much yet, but because we had family here and we just wanted to be in a place where, you know, we're six hours apart from Eastern time, eight hours or nine hours from Pacific. I didn't want to be a full 12 hour difference because mm -hmm. I do work with clients and I don't want to work at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> and so we decided hey, six hour difference right now. You know, you said it's 9 a.m. there. It's four or something here. So it's not, you know, bad, bad when it comes to time right. difference. 
We packed our bags, like I was telling you before we uh, pressed the record button. Uh, we ended up selling all our furniture five weeks. We decided, and I sold all my furniture in five weeks on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Um, we packed everything that we had that we wanted to bring. Um, and uh, it was, again, four suitcases, two cats. And then we just made the, the shift and we got a first apartment. As soon as we got here, we got a, an Airbnb for a month. Um, we Once we got here, though, then we started looking for medium-term rentals or long-term rentals. Sure. And so we got our first home right downtown. And then the rest is history. We've been here for about two years, back and forth, of course. We still have ties to Canada for business mm -hmm. reasons um, and family reasons. So we try to do three, four months here, a couple of months in Canada. Um, and uh, it just worked out the way, you know, the way that we wanted. And I think one of the reasons why is because we had this minimalistic mentality of we're not our belongings we are what we want to do. So everything that I got rid of, starting from all the books that I had bought over the years to the f beautiful pieces of furniture that, you know, um, mm -hmm. all this other stuff, like that to some people, they're like, oh, this is my home. I don't want to sell it. I don't want to move on. To us, we, we looked at it shattering. We like, you know, our memories are not going to be made of, you know, bed frames and couches, but they're going to be made of, experiences and that is why we're able really to be that nimble and take the leap i gotta tell you and this plays right into what you're doing the remote ceo but i want I, thank you for sharing that i'm excited about that and like as i said you're my new hero this is something i'm gonna be working <laughs> on my wife so we can do that as well but uh i want to take you back to the decision making time when you started your business yeah you've had it for a while uh obviously we all learn from our mistakes but is there anything that looking back that you would have done differently that you would say this is definitely one decision I made I would have done differently? A hundred percent. There's several, and I can tell you the two top ones. First off is um, try to do too many things at once. So I have a saying that I've been you know repeating more and more to my coaching clients, which is every advice is good and bad advice at the same time. It just depends who's listening to it. Mm -hmm. Let me explain this. I'm going to use it as an example, Grant Cardone, because I, I love his energy. I love his sales style and all everything about him, his books. I read all his stuff. But Grant Cardone talks a lot about investing in real estate. you got to invest in real estate. It's the best type of investment. You need to have multiple sources of income and blah, 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 blah. Now, if you're taking someone, a seven-figure entrepreneur who's already scaled a business and now they're looking for the next venture or their next opportunity, Grant Cardone's advice is perfect advice. But when you're looking at someone that's getting started and they're, you know, dipping their toe in water, maybe inserting an agency or something like that, and then they go on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and or YouTube and they see a video of Grant Cardone saying, you got to get into real estate right now. It's super hot. You got to buy a home or invest into a, you know, a complex, a multi-apartment complex. To that person that needs to focus 100% on scaling their business, Buying real estate is the worst decision you could do. Um, you got to invest in yourself at that time. You got to invest in hiring people. You got to invest in coaching. You got to invest in the one source of income before you mm -hmm. diversify. And that was my very first mistake that I made because as soon as I got my first product launch on, on, on Amazon, I started following more and more podcasts and more and more gurus. And I started getting my hands involved into so many different things, starting from Real estate, we bought a property, which at the end of the day, it kind of worked out now 
But in retrospect, it kind of slowed me down, but at least six or seven months on my agency side, because I was looking for the property, because I was trying to deal with uh, with tenants, because then there was problems with uh, the apartment and right. we had to get them, you know? And so in the meantime, I was paying people for my agency to run the agency, but we weren't growing. So looking back, if I had just focused and I had said to myself, hey, multiple sources of income will come, but right now I need to focus on the one source and then scale that and then use the money, not the 10K or 40 grand, right. but the 300 grand, 500 grand to make a bigger move down the road. If I'd done that back then, I would probably be worth at least double what I am right now, but unfortunately didn't yeah. do it. So yeah. that's the first mistake. If you want me, I can go on to the yeah, second. Give, yeah, give us the second one. So we all, we're, all, we're all going to learn from you. So thanks. <laughs> no problem. And the second mistake I think has to do with, there's many. That's why I say I think, because I think the biggest mistake after the yeah. first one was to underestimate the amount of work. And that actually goes end in end with the first one, because if I had not underestimated the amount of work that it would that it'd take to scale my first business, I would have never gone my hands you know, into the second, third, fourth venture. And so underestimating the, the amount of work that requires to actually scale a business, I think it's the biggest challenge for new entrepreneurs, because you always hear the, you got to be positive, you got to think positive you know, success is the only option and all these great sentences. Again, they're great in theory, but when, you know, you are just a hopeless, positive person, you're going to actually lack that sense of urgency that comes with being somewhat, you know, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily uh, scared or, or negative, but I would say that, that, you know, healthy amount of skepticism or not skepticism, not even, but uh, you see what I'm trying to get at, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you got to always think that something may go wrong. And so you want to cover, you know, your butt. <laughs> yeah. I think a little dose of realization doesn't hurt every so often. Yeah, exactly. I never really sit down and ponder on the reasons why I could fail. I don't really do that often, but when I do, I write them down and I try to stay away from, from those actions that could take me in that path, right? And so back in the day, I did not do that. I was like, I want this very bad, therefore it's going to happen. And it does not work that way. Yeah, One thing do. is the first part, but you got to do a lot of things and a lot of work. You gotta yeah, sometimes, you know, we just want to charge forward and not heed wisdom. But uh, that's, I think, yeah. the normal course of humanity. Uh, now you've done a lot of great things too. So, uh, and you made a lot of good decisions. Is there one key decision you say that was really pivotal to help you become successful? Yeah, I uh, think that the main reason why I've been successful is because I let myself provide value first before charging. And I'm talking and charging my clients and, and I'm talking about the revenue share model that I had launched for my agency. Originally, when I got started, I thought, hey, I'm more, and you know, again, talking about good advice, bad advice, people will tell you, you are worth what you're charging. Don't ever let people, you know, under, you know, you know, uh, you know, right. don't let people decide how much you're worth. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. If you're getting started, you better provide value first because nobody owes you, you know, a grand for doing some work. If mm -hmm. you're getting started with an agency 
and you don't have a lot of testimonials and you don't have crazy SEO that's driving thousands of clicks uh, from relevant you know, visitors to your website on a monthly basis, then you probably need to think about the fact that you need to first show the results and then get charged for it. And so as soon as I started doing that, before my packages were $4.99, $9.98, and $14.97. And I had literally maybe like two sales in three months. As soon <laughs> as I switched the system to 10% of sales attributed to my ads, mm-hmm. I used to get 17, 20, 25 calls booked into my calendar. I literally had no time to take those sales calls myself, closed about 25% of those, and did a lot of work up front and crazy amount of work up front. But guess what? You are in control of the types of clients that you work with. So the beauty of this system is that when you say, I only get paid once you get paid, you're going to fill up your calendar with a lot of calls. Mm -hmm. Now let's pretend, let's call it an even number, 100 calls a month. And so out of those 100 calls a month, 75 are probably going to be garbage. Small businesses that never had done ads before, uh, people that don't even have money to invest in ads people that don't have a nice website, but that 25% that actually could be qualified, you got to realize that you're literally getting the keys to a cash cow and all you're doing is just increased revenue. You're not creating business from scratch. Mm-hmm. And so as an example, I decided to work uh, with businesses that supplied products and, uh, to, uh, to hospitals and to, uh, to doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. And so we got 10, we, we signed a contract, 10% of, uh, of sales. And then for a few years, I was making about, uh, from this client, I was, he was selling about, uh, you know, 30, 40 grand a month. I would get my three, four Gs and everything was, was good. And then one day in March, 2020, during the COVID pandemic, I just log in into my client's website and he see that in one day, since when the, it was announced that. COVID was in North America, my client sold 300 grand in that one day. And then over the past two years, this client has quadrupled, if not even more, their revenue. And so the point that I'm trying to make here is that even though we were, uh, you know, doing good at the very beginning with that client, um, it can get better. And so at the end of the day, the important thing here to understand is that when you work on commission, you are in control of who you choose to work with. So you mm-hmm. might as well get a lot of phone calls in, then be picky about you actually you work with, and then nurture that relationship over the years. Because for two, three years, I was only making four grand for that client a month. Mm-hmm. But now I'm making 25 Gs a month from that one client. And both him and I did not even expect that to happen, but it's just worked out because again, I handpicked only the few accounts that I knew were going to be successful. That's fantastic. And I love the attitude, you know, let's get, get your value first and then price yourself from there. And I think that's a, that's a better way. Uh, I think it's a more sustainable way. So I, I agree 100% with you. Now, I'm going to tie a couple of questions here because we're running, running on close on time. But some, this is, I think, the, one of the more important parts of the podcast. You're a CEO, you're a remote CEO, uh, CEOs are facing a lot of headwinds today. We've talked about the labor and supply chain and recessions, war, pandemics, everything. So our listeners would like to know how you're navigating this, okay, and for your business and for yourself and your family, 
But I think you mentioned you also wrote this book that might play right into this conversation, if I'm right. So I want to promote your book, Smarter Business, Better Use. I want to give you a chance to talk about that, but also want to roll it into how, how would you be talking to our listeners today about how you're navigating all this craziness out there? Yeah. Uh, so for me, in the past three months, it's been a huge adjustment. We went from booking uh, 10, 15 calls per rep on our calendar to barely two or three. And even then when people get on the phone, you could tell their fear and their voice mm. about, you know, the future of their business and everything else. But what I've learned over the years is that you can make your own economy. And you probably heard that in the past, but all it means is that if you work on your craft long enough to sharpen your saw every single day and you keep on really using this fear that's, you know, in the air, the news are telling you that the world is going upside down and all this stuff. Just focus on sharpening your saw and focus on finding out ways to get better at closing deals, to get better at catching your, your, your leads attention so that they can speak to you, to get better at managing your team members. And I'm not only talking about managing their workflow, but also their mentality. I've realized that in the past three months, yes, my call books went down, but my conversion rate went up. Like I said, because we are sharpening our saws, we we changed our scripts, we became more into we, we became more aware of the new problems that are out there. And we're actually speaking to to those problems with our clients, with our prospects. So they feel more understood. Uh, we are trying to stay away from you know the usual sales patterns like based on the information you gave me, this is a great fit for you. We don't even do that anymore. Mm -hmm. We start our conversations with a simple sentence, which has given us the trust of many people, which is, hey, I totally understand that you're freaked out because of the economy, because you're getting bombarded with sales messages and you don't even know who to work with. So I give you my word that we will not ask you for your business unless you are the one telling me that you want to work with us. And so this one sentence allowed us to get on the phone with many people that are now not feeling like they're getting sold. Instead of selling our product, we are asking more and more and more and more questions until the, until the prospect tells us, you know what, you're right. We need your services. We need your PR. We need your sales systems. And so now we're getting better at closing. Before our close rate was 15 to 18%. Now our close rate on, on appointment that show up is about 25 to 30%. So now, Rich, let me ask you a question. What do you think is going to happen when the storm goes away, the calm comes back, and our calendar is going to get filled up again with phone calls? Mm -hmm. And our close rate now actually went up by 30%. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll just increase your sales. Just because you've you've hung in the game, fine-tuned your operation, uh, the people want to do business with you are now are doing it, and all those people who are on the fence are going to come back in, and you have a different value today. And I'm telling you, three, four, five months ago, a month, a year ago, I was writing my book. I was not interested in getting better at sales. I was like, you know what, sales are good. I don't need to get better at sales. So now this thing happens. I'm getting better at sales. To be totally honest, I am glad that we're in this situation right now because it gave me that push that I needed 
to get better at my craft. And so, so let, me, let me let me see let me ask you a question. So this this economy is crazy. Some people are hitting a pause or slowing things down, or their business is slowing down uh, involuntarily, like maybe yours did. But I'm kind of hearing you. This is a, a great time to you said sharpen your saw. Is this book smarter business better you? that tool to help you take a look at that okay so i think that's a i think it's a great opportunity to talk about it because this book was written for two types of people either the business owner that is working very long hours and they want to cut back and create a lifestyle business out of the business that they already have or the professional that is looking to make that take that leap and go on you know on their own so whether it be an accountant a lawyer a doctor uh, or any other really a, a type of professional and so the book is divided in five or six different areas, sorry, five areas. So we have the mindset, decision-making, and goal-setting. We have the sales and lead generation. We have content creation and PR. We have uh, uh, management of remote team members. And then we have, last but not least, we have lifestyle design, which is basically what we talked about. How, do you can, how can you create a lifestyle worth living in a business that feeds that lifestyle, right? And so, yes, the book is really about how you can create a 100% remote business while living that lifestyle that you want. Yeah, so timing is good. Sometimes when you know the, the world causes you to slow down or pause, I think it's a great time for learning and adjusting and pivoting. It sounds like if I can promote your book on your behalf, and uh, I think just a great time to, to read that. Yes. Uh, a couple of questions before we close out. Um, yeah. Who are your customers? So you got listeners that are either in corporate America working, uh, maybe they want to leave corporate America. We have business owners who maybe want to do a uh, additional revenue stream. But who is your customer? Who could benefit most by your service? So we have uh, B2B uh, service businesses, all right? So anybody that is doing B2B because our program, again, creates remote, in-house remote sales and PR teams for you. So you never have to hire an agency. You have your VAs that do the work for you at a fraction of the cost. Um, and so that is our type of client on the coaching side. When it comes to, of course, marketing and, and digital ads, I don't offer that as much anymore, but it used to be e-commerce. But for the book and our coaching program, we're looking at B2B service-based business owners. Okay, very good, very good. All right. So how can our customers get a hold of you? What's the best way to be in touch? Uh, so, uh, and I'll put those, these notes in the, uh, in, in the notes of the program, but how can I get a hold of you? Perfect. So I'm going to give you one domain that you guys can go to. It is dinero, B D E N I E R O B.com. Very good. If they fill out that information, someone from your team, uh, will get, we'll reach out to them. Okay, and then is your, is your book on Amazon? My book will be out on Amazon on January 15th, 2023. Yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. But well, De Niro, uh, thank you for all the way from Italy to Chicago. Uh, thank yeah. you for getting on the show today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. I think what you do is, uh, is very timely uh, for a lot of reasons, even if the economy was not in, in the crazy times that it is. Learning how to get a better lifestyle out of your work, adding more remote uh, components to your business. I think it's fantastic. Uh, looking forward to your book coming out in January, but thanks again on behalf of my listeners for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Rich. Talk to you soon.
Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.